0: Welcome to AdvisorTech Unplugged, the monthly podcast brought to you by MoneyInfo, the client portal and mobile app supplier for financial advisors and wealth managers. This podcast is designed to help address the challenges of the 21st century advisor. Each month, we invite a special guest to talk to us about current topics affecting their area of expertise in the AdvisorTech space. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or general feedback, get in touch with us by email at support at moneyinfo.com or tweet us at moneyinfotech. So welcome to another episode of Advisor Tech Unplugged podcast. My name is Martha Bowen, the Digital Marketing Executive here at Money Info, and I'll be your host for today's episode. So today we are joined by Anna Plotnick from Plot Creative. Good afternoon, Anna.
1: How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Nice thank to you. be here.
0: <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to pick your brain today as um, we discuss the importance of branding within the financial sector. But um, first, I thought it might be great for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better and the
1: story of Plot Creative. Ooh, where shall I start? So we started Plot 10 years ago. That's myself and my brother. Uh, Richard is the creative one. He's the right brainer. And I'm the strategist, the left brainer one. And We were both originally working for big agencies in Birmingham. And then when the financial crash came, What we found generally was that standards were dropping and that there was mass redundancies across the sector. So to kind of avoid this, we joined forces and then we started working with much smaller, more agile growing businesses. And we brought this kind of big agency experience that we had to kind of smaller agencies. Um, Over 10 years, we've grown organically through word of mouth and we've built a perfectly balanced team, in my opinion, of creatives and techies. Yeah, personally, you know, I love doing what I do, and um, you know, I can't really imagine doing anything else, mainly because I'm incredibly nosy and, <laughs> and love listening to other people's stories about their businesses and kind of why they do what they do. Um, I was thinking about this earlier before we came on the podcast, and um I couldn't really imagine doing a different job, except for maybe a financial advice. Really? Mm. we we work so we 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 work with businesses across lots of different sectors um but we but our niche market is working with advisors and planners and what i find with advisors and planners is they do a similar job to me they work with their clients to find out what's important to them and what really matters Mm -hmm. and and we do the same for businesses and I think this idea of like them understanding that they have to really understand their clients to be able to advise them. And it's similar to how we have to understand businesses. And I think kind of that the similarities between them is kind yeah. of quite interesting, really. And, the, yeah. and the, all the unique stories that come out.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think, it's, yeah, like you said, it's just really important to find that um why and like what people are looking for, why they're coming to you. So the same for your company as well as financial advisors. It's
1: what what are they looking for? What do they want to get out of? Yeah, it's, it's really it took, it took me a while to kind of understand this and it's sort of similar, is it? I suppose it's good to use like an expert. We, we always recommend that you use an expert to do your branding. I mean, I, I could never consider doing my own financial advice. And realistically, you should never really consider probably doing your own branding. There's experts for both of those. And I think that's always really important. One of the other questions that you had on your list to me was what is branding? And I think another similarity between marketeers and financial advisors is the overuse of jargon. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) I think both sectors are really, really good at using jargon. I'm not sure whether it's just a bamboozle clients or whether we come so used to our own jargon that we don't realise that other people don't understand what it means. And I think... When we talk about what branding is, I think to put in its most simplest terms, it's the way you differentiate your product or service from somebody else. And we develop we develop its kind of toolkit elements and um, concept, I suppose. So you have tangible and non tangible elements. So your tangible elements are kind of your logo, your fonts, your colours, and your images. Hmm. And then the intangible ones, which are often the hardest to um, articulate are your purpose, your messages, and your story. Yeah. And all of these tangible and intangible sort of come together to form this toolkit of unique elements to your business.
0: Mm, no, definitely. And um, I think that brings us on brilliantly to uh, my next question, which was, you know, obviously with social media is massive these days. Um, I don't think you find anybody who's not on some form of social media. Um, so with that in mind, consumers, everyone gets exposed to new brands every single day. Um, So obviously great for consumers who are looking to find the the product, service or the company that's um, trying to find what they're looking for. Um, But this does make it difficult for businesses to to stand out and differentiate themselves, like you said. Um, So why do you think it's important for financial advisors and wealth managers to get this branding right?
1: Well, there's generally a hell of a lot of noise out there and probably more so than ever now. Um, So it's never been more important to get your brand right. Obviously, within financial services, or, or really any service sector, there's a lot of other there's a lot of com- com- competitors that do offer very similar services and products. So it's really key to understand where the very small nuances and differences lie, and how you're different from them, and how to articulate that. That's why really getting it right has never been really you know more in- more important for business survival. Mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, we often talk about finding kind of these kind of right fit clients. And, um, if you can get your brand, right, you know, your visual and the visual and tangible and intangible elements, then from there, you know, you should be able to attract the right type of clients to sift out the wrong kind of clients,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, for, for every brand, every business now should see, um, investing in their brand as kind of one of their key priorities. And we've not really met a business leader in the last, particularly probably the last 12 months, that needs convincing about the value in finding their brand purpose. Hmm. I think particularly post-COVID, with more and more people worried about their financial security, this is probably a huge opportunity for, for, for advisors and planners to get their brands right Mm. Um, and use every channel to reach out. So so using your social channels, whether it's digital marketing, whether it's social, whether it's email marketing, it's getting all these channels aligned aligned, and, cons- and consistently working together.
0: Mm. No, absolutely, definitely. And so obviously, as we've said, branding can help attract these um, and retain customers, um, but it can also help attract new talent to your business. Um, so how can advisors leverage this, uh, the power of their branding? Um, as we're calling it, um, to attract the brightest and best
1: best talent? Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely important to get your branding right to attract clients, but also one of the other key aspects of any business to help them grow is obviously attracting the right people. And what we've found, I and mean, we've worked with many recruitment companies over the years, and we all know that finding good people, good people have a choice where they go, so it's really important that, to get you to get your brand right to attract those people as well so it's really important to start looking at why people should work for you and looking at your in value look at your employer value proposition as mm-hmm. well as your client value proposition
0: mm-hmm. um, I really like
1: that so when you said about tangible and intangible
0: I think sometimes the tangible things you can get caught up in them and sort of think this is you know I think it's shop window you just sort of called your website and everything whereas actually for talent and employees you're looking for a company that resonates with your values and what you would like to
1: sort of help to promote in yourself and with the company? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I see I, I see some brands that look pretty dreadful, but when you actually <laughs> drill down and read their messaging and their story, their story is really powerful. Hmm. Very much, they very much work in tandem. I think particularly now, I, I think it'd be unfair to say just the next generation. I think we're all drawn to things that we think visually look appealing, but if there's no real substance to it, and the story isn't well told and the values aren't articulated well and the personality and the culture of the business doesn't come across you're kind of really missing a trick Mm -hmm. um it's not it's not um it's not an easy thing to do I mean we we recently did our own brand um in line with our 10-year anniversary and you think doing it for yourself would be quite easy when we're (laughs) a the agency but it was unbelievably difficult we found it one of the hardest things to do was Mm -hmm. to talk about ourselves and kind of understand why we did what we did and but all I can say is that we've um we've come up with a bit of a kind of a three-step process for doing it over the years and working with clients so you can sort of almost we can sort of almost tease it out of them Mm. um but and it's you know all I can say is you know the value of investing that in the long-term value of building you know a a nurturing clients and potentially people coming into the business is worth every penny
0: yeah no definitely and I think because I think like you said it's it's a hard task to do it's not as though it's just a half an hour meeting with a few people and and jobs done sort of thing um it is some it can be really difficult to sort of sit down and think why are we here why do we do what we do
1: where do we start
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, yeah, so do you have any advice and tips on how to extend, how for people to extend their brand and sort of develop their, their brand values, like voice personality?
1: Yeah. I mean, over, over the years we've kind of developed, I've tried to almost simplify it down to kind of almost like a three-step approach. Hmm. Um, the first one we call stand up step one. And it's the idea of getting everybody together in one room. When I say one room now, it could be Zoom, it could yeah. be via a client survey. I don't literally mean that. Um, but it's that idea of getting everyone together when I initially looked at our own brand I was kind of trying to do it myself and then I realized really like the same as I advise clients don't try and do it yourself and create like almost like a bit of a meaningless sort of crib sheet of words what you need to do is ask all your employees get get your good employees in one room and start to ask them some of the key questions and that kind of information those those really sort of deep in, in that really sort of those deep sort of values and reasons why you exist and why your employers get out of bed every morning to come to work all start to come to light and from there you can almost kind of create these kind of purpose statements you can create your value you know your set of key values and you can almost start to write your story from there yeah
0: because they're um, the
1: ones who live live the brand live and breathe the brand absolutely live like and, breathe. and, and also the other thing now which i think is even more important sort of coming you know during covid You know, a lot of a lot of um, employers are working from home, so it's very easy for everybody to get quite disjointed and almost forget what the culture of the business is really easy to lose it. So we found that these exercises have been really key to do during lockdown and also particularly as well, start to ask clients again why they work with you, because really during COVID, their kind of values have changed. Mm. And um, their priorities have changed, and I think more than anything, it's really key to understand what keeps them up at night, what keeps them up at night, and what gets them out of bed in the morning. Yeah, this idea of developing sort of client personas—you know—it's not an easy thing to do, and we would, put, you know, we would suggest using a professional to do it. You know, it's hard, it is hard to do yourself. You mm. know, we would dream—I wouldn't dream of doing my own financial plan. No, <laughs> yeah, then, then I suppose. After you've got kind of your story, after you've got the word aspect of um, your brand, the next thing to do, as I always suggest, is review kind of your creative elements that you've got. So have a look at your logo, have a look at your fonts, have a look at your colours. And particularly, please, 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 have a look at your imagery. Mm-hmm. You know, we see, you know, this is really, really a chance to kind of get creative now. And we we know in the service sectors it's hard to, you haven't got a beautiful product to showcase. And generally not necessarily staff that wants to be showcased, but it's really, really important not to use a lot of NAF overused stock shots that we see across yeah. a lot of service websites. Mm-hmm. I think it's really an instant turn-off for any generation of clients, not just the younger generation.
0: Yeah. And if it's working in the industry or like working in marketing, I think you sort of you go on lots of different websites
1: or social media stuff and like, oh, I've seen that on iStock. I've seen that on <laughs> yeah. that's a stock image. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's key to finding your own personality. Yeah. And you spend a lot of time creating the words, and then you don't visually connect the two, and then you have a load of sort of naff overused stock shots that have been used on multiple sites, mm-hmm. and it kind of isn't kind of joined up. Yeah. And, um, and this is where using a creative agency really, really does help. Because once you've once you've created this kind of toolkit of elements... Really, then rolling that out across whether it's your website, your social channels, your digital marketing, your email marketing, your client services agreement, your guides, anything that you do, it becomes really easy and everything's really consistent, and people start to really recognise your brand. And I guess that's what a brand's ultimately is as well—it's those distinct you know that, that distinct toolkit of elements yeah no absolutely so after the toolkit we'd always say probably coming into the sort of digital world that we're in getting your website right is absolutely key and particularly the mobile experience now mm-hmm. um you know getting get, getting translating that story and toolkit elements onto the website is probably one of the biggest things that any financial firm that we work with have to do Mm. Um, you know and you everybody's can on the go these days they all
0: want something that they can use on their phone don't they
1: yeah absolutely and it's ultimately your key piece of collateral that's your shop window isn't it it's going to be if i'm if i'm out if if, if say you get recommended three um, financial planners or wealth managers whichever sector you're kind of whichever sector you're kind of in you're going to come back and immediately google them and if you can't find them on google and you can't find a website that kind of reflects who they are then instantly you will have forgotten about them and that's probably business that you will lose what that you will lose yes no definitely so I think getting getting that toolkit and the website right um, is probably going to be one of, the, one of the key things that you should be looking to invest in and then i'd say as Our third and final step on this, once those kind of elements are all in place, what you really need to do with Martha is what you you mentioned earlier, is really looking at kind of living and breathing the brand. Mm -hmm. So you've got your foundations, then really every interaction and touch point needs to reinforce your brand and your brand story and your brand purpose. Um, So you recommend to clients that you have a financial plan and strategy. So really, marketing should be no different. Yes, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, 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 advisors sit down with clients and sort of put a strategy and then a plan in place, and it's it's exactly the same process, really. Hmm. And can't really be a box ticking exercise because clients and prospects are probably far too savvy now and can spot a faker anywhere.
0: Yeah, why do you think every, everyone's in every person and every company is just individual? So, you, like you said, it can't just tick a box. Can't be the same for everyone. As is, it's got. Yeah, you've got to live right. and breathe it, and it's got to come from the heart, sort of thing
1: yeah and also the better and more relevant you can make this content obviously the more likely people are to refer you and the and the more likely you probably are to retain a younger generation of clients mm-hmm. and we've, we've we've talked about this with you guys before about how 66% of um of clients children Will end up firing their financial advisors. Mm. I mean, personally, I did exactly the same when I hit 40. I went to see my parents' financial advisors and just didn't really sort they just didn't really engage with me. No. And then we left those and then we moved to the firm that we're with now. Mm. And I think, and I think they were probably quite short-sighted in not really understand not really understanding how to speak to the next generation and kind of nurture them. Yeah. But I think technology, COVID—I think all of that is changing with the sort of the, the digital transformation of the industry as a whole. Yeah, no, because
0: I think yeah, I think we, yeah, COVID has obviously been a catalyst for change, hasn't it? And um, financial services is no different. I think uh, there's been a massive technology revolution in the last—is it just well just over a year now, isn't it? Um, so, do you, how do you think the importance of branding has changed from pre to post COVID?
1: Um, it's always been important. There's no question about that. But I think with more and more people online. It's become even more important for your website and your digital footprint to be right. I think what we've noticed is some we did we did some research recently for um for a piece that we did for the Financial Times with a client. And it seemed that more and more people are more concerned about their own mortality and death than ever before. Which has <laughs> <It's laughs> awful to say, but we are really. Yeah. I mean, death rates of all we've been talking about for the last 18 months. And I think, you know, with with the pandemic and when the pandemic came, the first person I spoke to was my financial advisor. You know, I was really concerned about what that would do to my investments. And I think really the power of financial advice has really sort of come to the forefront. Um, I think the other other stat that we've got that we came up with was 74% of millennials either had or wanted to see a financial advisor. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. You know, yeah, young young people, you know, these young people that are sort of falling into this advice cap, really, really do need some kind of advice um, at the moment. And I think, what what we seeing is if your advisors can offer if they can adapt and evolve their kind of service propositions to maybe look at telephones, maybe look at Zoom, then maybe they can sort of nurture these sort of low fee clients, mm. until they, you know, till their lives become more complex and they become far more sort of lucrative clients for them. Yeah, and but I think also about just obviously with with
0: the pandemic, um, a lot of older clients as well. They've had to sort of you know, my gran uses Zoom, and um, she's been. <laughs> Brilliant on WhatsApp as well. I've been sending pictures of our gardens to each other, and so I think it's also about like helping and to nurture the older older generations as well to think that like this is this is how it's happening now. Um, sort of promote the brand and, and the message you're trying to get across to them in the same way.
1: Yeah, I I 100 I, I agree with you. I think what we've we've never been. I was really worried at the start of the pandemic that who on earth would want branding and websites during a pandemic, but what we actually found was. Most We work with quite a lot of IFA firms and wealth managers, and we have never been busier. Mm. I think what our clients saw it as an opportunity to kind of really step up what they were doing from a brand perspective and digital perspective.
0: Mm. And I
1: think they all started to understand the power of kind of looking at of getting a strategy in place and a plan in place and rolling out good quality, unique content across all their channels mm. to... To really, so they've been kind of almost like the heroes of the pandemic, really. I mean, we talked about this before. When we had the financial crash, a lot of people blamed the fight, the, well, a lot of people blamed the finance sector. And kind of advisors and wealth managers were kind of tarred with the same brush as kind of, you know, the, the city was. Mm-hmm. And it was very and it took a long time for them to rebuild their reputation. Whereas during this pandemic, I think advisors have been one of the real heroes. Of the, of the of the of the pandemic and have yeah. really stepped up pivoted and really been able to help clients you know we've we've had lots of we've seen we've spoke we've heard lots of stories anecdotally around how grandparents want to help their children with businesses that are failing mm. and how they're having to read you know look at you know changing their retirement plans and just kind of re refocusing on what's important to them yeah and, I think, and using digital technology has been absolutely key to that
0: no definitely and I think because um a lot of you know small businesses and stuff have sort of come about from um from the pandemic so I think it's yeah if say a grandparent has a, a younger child who um you know started this small business from their bedroom or whatever you know it's, that's another way that they have sort of looked for their financial advisor advisor to to see if they can help them out
1: yeah we've been doing quite a lot of um, i have got we've been doing quite a lot of um, videos and kind of webinars and podcasts and quite a lot of sort of online resource areas during the pandemic we found that speak we've spoken we've done loads of videos recently with clients and we've been recording them on zoom rather than necessarily doing them face to face like we used to yeah and i think that's made it that's and it's been really interesting talking to clients our clients clients really about mm. how they're and understand how their priorities have changed and how their lives have pivoted and I think what we can then what we have then done is relayed back, that back to our clients and we've started to incorporate some of these reasons some of these things into the client comms and into kind of the resource areas that we've been building mm. and that, I think that's been fundamental to helping um clients understand that we know that we understand the problems that they're having at this stage
0: yeah no definitely um and so we know that the next generation of clients but also i think sort of everyone these days they sort of prefer working and buying from companies that um, have a strong sense of purpose Um, and obviously with social media nothing gets missed um these days um so more and more companies are under public scrutiny for their esg so environmental social and governance credentials um, why do you think it's important for advisors to be able to communicate the stance on um, on ESG with their existing clients, but and also this next generation of clients?
1: So I, thought, I think I think at this point it's probably be good to we always say, you know, when people say, what is brand purpose? And I think going back to sort of real basics on this, we always say that your purpose is your why, you know, your North Star. It's the reason you exist beyond the need to make money. And what we found in the last, well, really since I've started in branding, you know, even 15, 20 years ago, that, that, that understanding why a business exists and why it's different, you know, it matters, you know, it matters to clients. It matters to employees and, and ultimately it matters to shareholders and to business success. And you mentioned um, ESG then. And I think that's, again, the equivalent within the finance sector, Um you know, every every client we know has introduced ESG portfolios into their investment propositions. You know, and why is that? You know, it's not it's not just because it's a nice thing to do. It's because the next generation are demanding it. Mm. You know, these and these portfolios also delivering really good returns to their investors. I mean, we've. Gone with um, an ESG specialist for um, for our investment purposes, and I kind of feel like it's because it's the right thing to do. I think people are very conscious now of putting their money to good use and supporting businesses that do good by people, planet, and profit. Yeah, we always got to say these kind of three the three P's of purpose: are people, planet, and profit. Mm. Um, people often see making a profit as a bit of a dirty word when we talk about purpose but profit isn't really the problem. It matters how you make it and the positive impact that you have on the world. Um, yeah, we, there's a couple of quick stats here that I've got purposeful brands grow three times faster than their competitors and purposeful businesses outperform the stock market by 133%.
0: Yeah, which is amazing, isn't it? And I think that's just why it's so important that ESG um, and your why and your brand and everything, just it all filters in, mixes together, doesn't it? And, um, and
1: really works together. Yeah, I think people's priorities have changed. I mean, we've all become more environmentalistic in our outlook, really, and um, and I think and I think ESG portfolios that that are benefiting the planet and people are only going to become. You know, it's not. It's almost like a little. It's not really a trend anymore. It's just kind of the new way of doing things. Yeah. No, definitely, it's just expected now. It's not sort of a something that you're looking out for. Um, yeah, yeah, in. absolutely. I mean, most of the clients we work with now. I mean, a few years ago when we were working with advisors, it was kind of a bit. Of, it was kind of a bit of the new thing, and now it's just completely expected. You're totally right.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so here at Money Info, we think it's really important that advisors have this strong brand, and they use technology in order um, to help reinforce that. So after all, they you know they own that trusted relationship with their client, and so their client facing technology should help to reflect their brand rather than that of a third party. So third-party being like a back office or another platform. Um, And I think there's a brilliant quote that um, I can't remember where I found it from, but the digital experience should reinforce the lived experience, which I think is relevant to all industries, not just for um, sort of financial services. Um, But what are your thoughts on why advisors should deliver their digital experience, so like their app, under their own brand?
1: Um, Well, we've we've seen generic ones over time. We've We've seen a few of the generic apps. And what we tend to see is that with clients that have used the generic ones is they don't really get the take up by the clients. I think it's because I think internally, the advisors and planners don't necessarily see the value in it when it's not really branded their own. Um, And I think the adoption rates are just generally a lot lower. I think when I see the money info one, I mean, you know, it's, you know, really does reinforce that kind of digital footprint with it as well it helps to create much stickier clients and i think it's also great for clients children to be using it because i think they've constantly got something in their pocket that, that sort of you know that gives them all their sort of you know all their financial information in one place and I'm assuming as well, I mean, when we speak to our clients, one of the other key reasons is it's great from a, a compliance perspective and that kind and also the audio, obviously the secure messaging and what we're also been delivering is we've been delivering um, lots of client service agreements that are sitting within the app. So from our perspective, instead of printing client service agreements now, like we always historically, we used to create, you know, nice thick folders with lots of mm-hmm. inserts and things like that. What we're finding now is we're creating um, digital client service agreements, which are obviously a lot more agile, can be personalized. And they almost work like mini websites with like all navigations around them. And we find that this can permanently sit within the app. Mm. And we instead of having it somewhere within your house where pe- most people have lost it, can't find it. And we're just finding everything in that one place has been absolutely brilliant for clients. And I think going forward, I think with the next generation, as, be, as we become more and more used to using this kind of technology, I think it's obviously the only way forward, really. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. I think you mentioned before as well about having every single touch point with your clients should represent your brand or promote your brand. So obviously, why wouldn't you have your brand um, on your app as well?
1: Mm, um, 100%, 100%.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, So I have a last question for you. Um, So if you had to leave our listeners with three main actions to take away from our chat today, uh, what would they be?
1: So I think what I start with is obviously beyond anything, you need to find your brand purpose, your reason for existing. Like I said, your kind of North Star, whether that's using a, a professional agency or trying internally to do it yourself that's key finding the words that articulate your brand purpose is key and then from there I think creating that digit creating sorry creating that creative toolkit of elements so reviewing your logo your fonts your colors and particularly your imagery and making sure that the words and the visuals all align together and then once you have those kind of that foundation in place then really what it's what the sort of the final element of it is is actually kind of living your brand and making sure that everything across all communications is consistent and that your tone of voice and your personality and your difference comes through. I think that show showing why you exist beyond the need to make money is going to be key to improving your bottom line and ultimately helping you build a sustainable, thriving business.
0: Mm. No, brilliant I couldn't agree more. I think they're brilliant um, takeaways for our listeners. Um, well, yeah, so thank you so much, Anna, for joining us here today on um, Advisor Tech Unplugged. It's been brilliant hearing your insight into the importance of branding within the financial sector. Um, I hope you've enjoyed your time here with me this afternoon. I have indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, so where can our listeners find you on any social media channels you have?
1: Oh, so if you search Plot, um, you'll find us across all the main channels. Um, my is Anna at plot.co.uk. Um, you can contact me through any of the channels and we're quite I'm quite if anybody wants a copy of our um, workshop booklet, um please do get in touch with us because you're more than happy to have a have, have a have you know have have a, have a go at doing it yourself. Um, I look forward to hearing of anybody who fancies having a chat about the importance of branding. Yeah, no, brilliant.
0: Um, so don't forget to follow Money Info on Twitter, which is at Money Info Tech, and we'll see you on the next episode. The Advisor Tech Unplugged podcast was brought to you by the team at MoneyInfo. For more information, please visit www.moneyinfo.com. Book a discovery call with us to learn how we can help you to deliver a better client experience with your own branded client portal and apps from Apple and Android.